Texas Tech is set to begin conference play today against a daunting Iowa State team, and they're going to have to go into aim shorthanded. What the Red Raiders will need to do to come out with a win coming up on today's Locked On Texas Tech. You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Texas Tech, a member of the Locked On Network. Thanks for making Locked On Texas Tech your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. I'm Ryan Mainville. I cover Texas Tech for the Dallas Morning News, and I'm joined by Emery Lida, a longtime Texas Tech analyst and writer, and also one of my good friends. Emery, how are you doing today, man? Well, I've been doing good. You know, hit up Top Golf right before coming here to record. Had a mediocre day at the range there. So, uh, Ready to go talk about some basketball and talk about things that hopefully I actually enjoy more than golf. So looking forward to it. Yeah, we are recording this on Tuesday night. There's a lot going on in the Big 12 right now. We were just talking pre-pod about Baylor playing pretty close to OU and obviously Kansas State with six scholarship players um, just giving Texas a fight right now. So we we love to see that and we are going to continue to monitor those games but today we're going to be talking specifically about iowa state and their matchup against texas tech tonight today's episode is brought to you by netsuite netsuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth head to netsuite.com slash locked on ncaa for special end of year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses we talked on our last episode extensively about iowa state if you haven't listened to that i highly suggest you go and tune in there because we really gave ourselves time to break down the Cyclones detail by detail, take a look at what they did well and, and where what has made them so good this season. Um, but when it comes to Texas Tech specifically, because we didn't really break down this, we, we kind of touched on it at the end of the episode. But, I mean, we talked about their defense. that They're really stout defensively. Uh, we talked about the 25.4% that they're holding opponents to on threes. Um, we were talking to... Our buddy Tech Hoops guy today about how they're running something very similar to the no middle defense and how they've just executed that really, really well, despite some of their discrepancies in size. And um, I mean, I've gotten to watch a little bit more of their games today. I watched a little bit of that Baylor game, tried to get a feel for the Cyclones a little bit more. Um, and when you're looking at a team like Texas Tech going into Ames, is there anything that you see on the Red Raider side that makes you think that Texas Tech could potentially have an advantage somewhere? I think the biggest thing for me that I've noticed is their ball handling outside of Tyrese Thunder can be a little bit chaotic at times. I mean, you've got some guys in the lineup that are pretty good. You've got Trey Jackson, who's played some good minutes. Kale Grill is a decent secondary ball handler. Obviously, Isaiah Brockington's the guy stolen the show from a scoring standpoint at times this season. So you've got guys that can create for themselves, but I think in terms of facilitating, they can struggle to be efficient in the half court, creating their shot and facilitating for others. And I think that's something that Tech has shown they've been able to take advantage of this season, especially against lesser opponents. They've been able to really ratchet up the pressure, get a lot of difficult looks against Tennessee. For example, you had Kennedy Chandler. It was really the only major playmaker they had. And they made life really difficult in that game for the volunteers and made it to where anything in the half court was basically isolation play where Tennessee was hoisting up difficult mid-range shots. And when Iowa State's offense has struggled at times this season, it's been when they've been forced into kind of jacking up those low percentage, mid-range floaters, stuff like that, that are off the dribble and not not good offense. And I just think 
if you look at the defensive side of things, there's not a lot of holes. You could say that maybe they aren't as good at rebounding as a lot of teams in the conference, but certainly offensively, their playmaking issues and in general ball handling issues are something that Tech can really take advantage of. And I think you're going to see more pressure on defense, and that's going to help out in terms of getting in transition, being able to get some easy offense. You kind of touched on something that I want to dig a little bit deeper into, and that's the idea of Texas Tech playing a lot of pressure, playing really tight and pressing their opponents. I think that's where we've seen Texas Tech have a lot of success. Obviously, that was kind of the the hallmark of that Tennessee win, and it was kind of the thing that put Texas Tech's defense on the map. And this Iowa State team, like, there's a lot about their offense that just doesn't really make sense to me. It is still a little confusing of how they're 12 and one, 13 games into their season because of the struggles that they've had. Um, they're turning it over 14 times a game. That's not really extraordinarily bad or extraordinarily good. It's kind of like right at the middle of the pack in college basketball. But Texas Tech has really found success this season when they force opponents to turn it over and when they protect the ball themselves. And so I think that's really, really going to be the key to this game. And key for Texas Tech to stay in this game um, is protecting the ball and enforcing turnovers. They've got to take advantage of second chance points and, and really force the Cyclones to make bad decisions. And then something I hit on yesterday was um, just that Iowa State hasn't been extraordinarily good on, on the glass. And I think that that's somewhere that Texas Tech can take advantage of. Um, it, it's going to be difficult. I don't think that Texas Tech will be as good on the glass as we've kind of seen them be through the non-conference slate, but I do still think it's an area that they need to try and win on, especially with guys like Bryson Williams, who has kind of struggled to find his offense lately. Yeah, this team is very much in balance. It's a lot like some of the Virginia teams the last few years outside of the two-year run where they were the one seed in the tournament, where you have offensive rating in the 100, somewhere along that lines, you have a really good defense. You play at a slow pace. Sounds If that sounds familiar, it's also because that's something that Chris Beard took a lot of in the Texas Tech era. And, I mean, I think that looking at Iowa State's team, offensively, the ball handling, like I mentioned, not something that they particularly are good at. You mentioned the 14 turnovers a game. Really just about any metric you look at, their middle of the pack. You look at their three-point shooting. They're not all that good. They don't get a ton of offensive rebounds. They're finishing in the paint is relatively decent, but they can struggle at times to get good looks off of off of good passes. And I think that offensively, they're a team that is still trying to find their identity. They've had games this year where they've been able to shoot really well. And I mentioned this yesterday, but their three-point variance is very high. And I can see that being a real critical point in this game is if Tech is missing rotations and missing assignments, then it's going to make it a lot easier for Iowa State to have one of those really good games shooting. And that's been where they've looked unstoppable this season. Um, but certainly offensively, Tech is going to have the ability to really put a lot of pressure on their ball handlers. I think you can replicate a lot, of, a lot of what you did in the Tennessee game and to some degree what you did against Providence, which is really making life miserable for the primary ball handlers. And it's going to force Iowa State on their end to ratchet up the pressure and try to make it into more of a faster paced game, really running a lot of sets to try to generate turnovers and get make life miserable for Tech's ball handlers. So it's not something that Iowa State's bad at on that. And they're also really good at forcing turnovers, but you can really change the style of play and exploit the fact that Iowa State really doesn't have the ball handling and passing that a lot of other teams in the conference might.
Real quick before we dig into specific matchups, is there anything you've seen from Iowa State that you're particularly worried about Texas Tech having to go up against? I'll go ahead and say two things. I think the ball pressure that I just mentioned for Iowa State, they're top 10 in the nation in forcing turnovers, and a lot like the early Texas Tech teams, and especially the ones that we saw like last year, for example, they have a lot of perimeter defenders that have quick instincts. I mean, I've mentioned Tyrese Hunter, but I would also say Caleb Grill, for example, both of those guys are guys that have really good instincts, and they might not be the tallest guys or the best defenders in a vacuum, but they can really pesture you, and that's something that Tech has struggled with this season. And then the other thing is Iowa State is a team that can shoot really well from the free throw line. They've been somewhat consistent at that this season, that being a strong point for them, and I'm not sure that that's something that Tech can say quite yet. So if it's down to free throws, I could say that that's something that worries me. I'm going to say pace. Iowa State wants to play really slow on offense, and they want to force you to really slow yourself down. Um, so, I mean, if you look at just pure numbers, they're taking 57.3 shots per game. That's 242nd in the nation. So they're not focused on playing quick. They, they want to slow it down and get good quality shots. And their opponents are taking 52 shots per game, which is the 21st in the nation in terms of fewest. So they want to slow you down. They want to force you to play um, with, within their tempo. And Texas Tech, there have been times this season where I thought they looked a lot better when they were playing fast. Obviously, things can get out of control at times, and that's when you need to slow it down. But I really liked what I've seen in transition. But Iowa State is going to try and take that away from you, and you've got to find ways to get points elsewhere. Um, coming up next, we're going we're gonna to be talking a little bit about Texas Tech's scheme and maybe some specific matchups that they can use in this game, even with all the injuries that they have on the roster. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good, you're going to want to eat it. Unlike other protein bars, which are chalky or waxy or just taste like chemicals, you want to eat healthy, but it just gets boring. By like week three, you might be thinking this just isn't worth it. Where is the chocolate? Well, guess what? Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, and there are so many flavors to choose from. You could have coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted car caramel, mint brownie, and many more. In fact, Built is always coming out with new limited time flavors, so check out Built.com often to see what's new. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Hey, Red Raiders, this is Ryan with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about, Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code SCORE and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Just download the app for free and use promo code SCORE to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are even making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back and there is no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code SCORE to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank starting today. That's code SCORE. 
Thanks again for making Locked On Texas Tech your first listen every day. Obviously, we detailed the injuries on TJ Shannon and Malik Wilson in yesterday's episode as we were kind of breaking down Iowa State. And today, there's been some chatter um, that Kevin McCuller is banged up and might not play in this one either. Um, this this started on RedRaiderSports.com in the forums. Um, just just got to give it out there. I mean, uh, don't want to appear like I'm scalping anybody's sources. Got to give credit where credit's due. And uh, the, the operators of that site and, and even the, the board members themselves are some of the most in-the-know people in Texas Tech sports. So got to give credit where credit is due. Um, I, I've reached out to some of my sources, and uh, it's just been really vague and has not seemed like there's been a lot of communication um, about what's what McCuller's status will be for this game against Iowa State, which kind of tends to be the case for college injuries. But obviously, if you're losing TJ and McCuller in this one, this game is looking very, very grim. Um, those are your two leading scorers. Those are two guys that you definitely don't want to have on the sidelines, and, and one of them is already inevitable. So, I mean, despite all the injuries, is there anything or any matchup that you could see Texas Tech exploiting? I know you mentioned kind of Iowa State's ball handling. How do you think that the Red Raiders defense can, can play into that? Or is there anything that you see on the offensive end? Well, offensively, it's looking more and more like one of the best strategies would just be to take some of your bigger wings, like an Adonis Arms or a Davion Warren, and just try to play post-up ball. I mean, we saw it against Gonzaga. I really don't like that strategy. I think it's pretty inefficient in modern college basketball. But if you're going to be without TJ and without Kevin McClure, that's probably your two most dependable ball handlers right now. I mean, Adonis Arms has the burst and creativity, but he can be a little bit of a loose cannon at times. Obviously, Davion Warren has struggled at times with his playmaking this year. So you've got two of your at, – at a minimum, you've got probably your two most talented all-around players on the roster out. And more than that, you have the lack of ball handling. So I think offensively, using the post – whether it be through the guards or through the bigs to create offense is going to be something that Tech has to go to. I'd say if you could have a good game from Bryson Williams, that would be absolutely critical. And I think you're going to have to run offense through those guys. Like you're not going to be able to get away with, I know Banner taking five or six shots or Bryson Williams basically becoming just a perimeter big because Iowa State has shown throughout the year that they're not going to get beat just by pacing and spacing them. You're going to have to get creative, find ways to swing the ball across the court and or just simply outpower them down low. They're not really a team that blocks a lot of shots. They don't have a particularly elite rim protector. I mean, they have size on their roster, but certainly a guy like George Condit, his strength is strength relative to other bigs is not his ability to block shots. So offensively, I think you've got to utilize posting up your bigs, posting up some of your guards just to create some offense there. And then defensively, I mean, I mentioned that wreck havoc on ball handlers. Make sure you're bringing pressure like you did in the Tennessee game. You want this to be an up-tempo game because Iowa State is perfectly content playing a 65-66 possession game, which is what Tech has been around throughout the season. But if you speed them up and force them to make quick decisions, make them uncomfortable, that's a tempo that you've still played more games at that tempo than they have. And I think with a roster that is still relatively unproven against top-level competition and has, when they've played their way, they've been able to have a lot of success. You need to make them uncomfortable and you need to make them sort of find another gear and find ways to score at a really up-tempo pace with a lot of pressure on them. 
used a phrase a few times there that I, that I want to come back around to. You said you have to, you have to specifically when talking about the post. And I, I think that's reality. Like Texas tech just, that that's a huge hit to your offense to not have TJ or, or McCuller or Malik Wilson. And that's not only a hit to your offense, just in terms of the pure scoring that they provide, but also the playmaking that they create, the offense that they create, the spacing that they create as a result of their ball handling abilities. You're just going to be really, really skim on, on what you can do offensively in this game. And, and all of that is not even considering how good Iowa State has defended the perimeter. So, man, you've got to have a good game from Bryson Williams. Um, You've got to have him return at least somewhat to that early season form where he was just an easy bucket every time he was getting the ball down low. Um, you hit on it. I mean, neither of us like that style of offense, but it, it might be what you have to do um, to win this game. And um, whatever it takes, I, I just hope that uh, Bryson Williams makes shots. And then defensively, I think this is a big game for Davion Warren. Um, his hands, man, he, he's just got a really good knack. Uh, for for disrupting ball handlers and creating turnovers, and I think I think they're going to need at least a few of those created from him tonight. Yeah, I mean, I mentioned you have to because at the end of the day, you look at the rest of the ball handlers on the roster, and when it was just Miley Wilson out, you could still use Shannon and McCuller, and those are still probably your best two ball handlers from a personal scoring perspective and being able to be smart with the basketball. And even though TJ had his issues with vision, he was still an electrifying playmaker and someone that could make make a lot of shots on the inside and get his own shot. McCuller is a very similar per- player in the sense that he can create for himself and create for others and is facilitating. In my opinion, it started to take a little bit of a step forward in recent games. But without those two and without Malik Wilson, who's probably your best peer playmaker from a vision standpoint, you're talking about you have Adonis Arms and you have Davion Warren, who we mentioned can be very inconsistent, sporadic at times. And then you have Clarence Sadolny, who we've mentioned a thousand times, just does not seem to have the offensive ability at this stage in his career to be able to be much of a positive on that end. And those are your three ball handlers. I mean, you don't want to have to utilize a starter Calhoun or a Chibuza Agbo as a primary ball handler. It just won't happen. And then all of your bigs, you can run them through the post, but you don't want them handling it up top. So you're really limited on what you can do. And I think with arms of Warren, the best strategy is just to create through the post. And it really is probably going to be inefficient. If I had to compare it to something, I would say there was once a bowl game about six years ago where Baylor was without their first four string quarterbacks and they had to go to a wide receiver. And they ran the ball the entire game, just straight up the middle, run, ran zone concepts the whole time. Was it the most efficient style of football? No, but you had to do it. You had no other choice. You're not going to force a quarterback to throw it 50 times if he's never played the position. It's the same thing with trying to use ball handlers that straight up aren't comfortable being able to create, especially against a defense as good as Iowa State. So you just kind of have to. It's a necessity. I don't know what it is about us and, and using football analogies when talking hoops, but, I mean, I'm for it. Let, let's run a triple option tonight and just – Give the Cyclones your best shot. Uh, you're going to be shorthanded, and this one's going to be tough. But I think that that will really just give you a source of success, if at least it looks like it did earlier in the season. Coming up in our final segment, we are going to give our predictions on the game and also some keys to the game for Texas Tech to come away with a victory. This is it, the putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours, but on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. 
Is this how you're running your business? Do you have poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and so much more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. NetSuite can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of surveyed businesses increase their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite, and over 28,000 businesses already use NetSuite. For the new year, NetSuite has a new financing program for those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com locked. So head to netsuite.com locked for this special one-of-a-kind financing offer on the number one financial system for growing businesses. That's netsuite.com locked. All right, shorthanded Red Raiders will open Big 12 play in Ames um, Wednesday night at 8 o'clock Central. Uh, Going to be a fight. The, the, the Hilton Magic is definitely back. Their crowd has looked rowdier than it has in years past, and um, obviously they've got a bit of a chip on their shoulder with, with the prestige that they put themselves in and coming off a loss, a close loss, against arguably the best team in the nation, Baylor. So... Keys to the game. Anything you think Texas Tech can do to uh, put themselves in a position to win? Yeah, I mean, pressuring on the ball, like I mentioned in each of the last two segments, I think you're going to have to really force a lot of turnovers, play at a faster pace, hopefully get some open perimeter looks. I still, even though Iowa State is only allowing opponents to shoot 25% from three, teams like Baylor and to some degree Xavier have still, or excuse me, Memphis. I've still been able to exploit that at times. Xavier was a team that really struggled against them. But those two teams are kind of provided the blueprint of how to have success against Iowa State. And to some degree, I mean, Baylor still struggled compared to what they've normally been able to do offensively. And you're not going to be able to have a good game in the half court, given that you're down three ball handlers. And given that Iowa State's already an elite defensive team that is top 10 in the nation in a lot of different statistics. and they're a team that's going to make life difficult for you. So kind of countering it and just utilizing your own defensive strength, I think that's going to be really the key to this one because if you can outplay them defensively and just make the offensive battle a complete scrap, then anything can happen. I mean, we saw what happened against Tennessee. That was a game that Tech really probably shouldn't have won on paper, but they were able to make it a dogfight for 40 minutes and an extra five minutes and ended up coming away with a victory and regardless of how you end up getting it, a victory is still a victory in the big 12. And against a team like Iowa state, you take whatever you can get. Yeah. I'm going to recycle a few things that I've, I've said over the course of, of this podcast. Cause I think they, they are really what Texas tech needs to do to win um, play fast, but controlled. Don't turn the ball over, but turn them over. Um, you've got to make shots. We, we talked about that a lot yesterday and how I really need, I would really like to see a big game from from Kevin O'Banner, and I think at, at this point you're you're pretty much out of options. Um, you you need to see a big game from him in this one, just because you need his shot making. Um, Davion Warren, I think, needs to have a big game, and then you've got to get efficient shots in the post from Bryson Williams. But I really do think that that's kind of the recipe for success at this point for Texas Tech. Um, you might be able to tell from the tone of my voice, but I am not very optimistic about this contest um, on the Red Raiders end, especially considering that they are going to be so shorthanded. 
Vegas and, and analytic models are actually giving Texas Tech a ton of respect in this game. Um, I believe Vegas has Iowa State as a one-point favorite um, at home with, with Texas Tech. Obviously, the news about Shannon and Wilson is public. Um, so that that's pretty uh, that's pretty favorable, in, in my opinion. I would think it would be at least closer to maybe three or four with the news of guys being shorthanded and even just how Iowa State has looked defensively. But Texas Tech commanding respect uh, from the betting markets, and then T-Rank has it at about a 1.8-point favorite for Iowa State. So obviously pretty close. Um Pretty close game expected from Vegas and the models. I I am not going to pick a close game. I I'm actually going to pick Texas Tech losing this one big, and I think that they're gonna have the worst offensive game that they've had in in a really long time. I want to pick Texas Tech when losing. Sorry, losing, uh, fifty three to sixty seven. Um, I just. I don't I don't trust a post-oriented offense. I I don't really like what I saw in terms of just pure ball handling and um just the way the offense looked without TJ in that Gonzaga game and I just don't I just don't really like the way this looks on, on paper. I think that Red Raiders could come in and play really scrappy and and make this a dogfight, but offensively I'm struggling to buy into the belief that they'll be able to put many points on the board. Ryan, quick question for you. What was the lowest amount of points that tech scored during the entire Chris Beard era? Uh, how many did they score in Abilene Christian? 51? 51. 50? Is yeah, that it? it? No, it's not the lowest. Oh, really? Uh, I have no clue then. That, w- that would have been my guess. 45 against Kansas State in 2019. Wow. The same same tech team that scored 91 against Kansas was. (laughs) So just because things aren't looking up from the offensive standpoint now doesn't mean that within the next month they can turn around when tech starts getting pieces back. And I say that because there's not a lot to like offensively in this game. I don't see how tech is going to be able to cross 55 points, and I'm going to go lower than what you did. I'm going to predict predict that tech is only going to score 50 points and i'm also going to predict them to win i think it's going to what? be 50, i think it's going to be an Abilene christian style 50 to 49 win and this is this a total homer pick sure but at the same time against gonzaga it was somewhat feasible they they were able to fight their way back into that game with without tj shannon without Malik wilson and you have kevin you have kevin mcculler out this time which is certainly a factor, but I really do think that against a team like Iowa State, to some degree, the offensive inept- ineptness is not going to matter because you're probably going to struggle either way. And I think the ball pressure and being able to force them into more mistakes, this is the first time that Iowa State has faced a real aggressive on-ball defense this entire season. And for me, Tech still has the length to be able to really challenge them defensively. And I mean, I would say if you force them to not shoot well and can make the life difficult for their ball handlers, they're not a really good offensive team, probably the worst in the conference at this point. So you can totally make it into a rock fight. Now, is it going to end up this way? We'll find out because there's no way I can see Tech crossing 60 or 65 points. I think it's going to be in the 50s, but I have faith in Tech's defense to pull one out of their hat like they did against Tennessee. 
And we'll see. I might be completely wrong, but I'm going to say that this game doesn't even reach 100 points and Tech finds a way to win. Man, we, we joined the network, and, and your final score predictions just got habanero hot, man. You you have just been uh, no no holds barred on, on these on these takes, man. I, I would uh I would love to see Texas Tech win a game where they score fifty points. Um and I mean like let, let, let's take a look at uh, Iowa State's game log from this season. They've actually scored less than fifty points once this season against Ga- Jackson State. They scored forty seven points, shot thirty four point nine percent from the field, but they held Jackson State to thirty seven points over the course of the entire game. Um, so they've they've got chops defensively, and I agree with you, man. Like their offense is not good. I, I'm not convinced about their offense. I think it'll cost them a few games, and I think that's really what's holding them back from being a true Big Twelve title contender. But I don't. I just don't know if I buy into the idea that their offense is that bad. But we'll see. I mean, they got held to less than 50 points against Jackson State, and yeah, I absolutely believe that Texas Tech's defense is better than Jackson State's. I just don't know if I trust their communication and their chemistry, especially with two of their best perimeter defenders out in this one. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, my score predictions have been wrong more often than they've been right so far this year. I think the only the only thing that I was even close to was predicting the Liberty Bowl to be a blowout, and it ended up being a blowout in the other direction. So I could certainly be wrong. I just... Tech has found a way to pull out games like this in the past against Abilene Christian. They won 51 to 44. They had a game against Southeastern Louisiana a couple of years back where they won like 59 to 45. Obviously, they've had games against West Virginia, Texas that were real low scoring games that they were able to pull out. So it's not unprecedented. And we'll see. Certainly, a 50 to 49 game would probably make a lot of people throw their TVs out. But I mean, I'm here for it. If there's one game where I think is all strategies just going to go out the window offensively is this one. I mean, we've yet to see clean offense without guys like McCuller, Wilson, and Shannon. So I don't have much optimism there, but if it's a scrap and a dogfight, nobody I trust more in dogfights than Mark Adams. So we'll see how it goes. And hopefully my absolutely scorching hot take isn't totally inaccurate and in that. Hey man, I've always wanted to know what it was like to live in the 1930s. So go ahead and give me that that 50 to 49 game. And if you thought that you were falling asleep during that Tennessee game, your eyes might be bleeding by the end of this one. But regardless of which one of our horrible takes ends up being right or wrong, we will be back tomorrow, probably looking like complete idiots, to recap the Iowa State game, regardless of what happens or how the Red Raiders fare. Um, in the meantime, keep up with uh, keep up with us on social. You can follow me on Twitter at rmainvillelbk. I'll be uh, probably tweeting during the game tomorrow night. You can follow Emery at eracer41. I'm sure he will be. And you can follow the official Locked On Texas Tech Twitter at Locked On TTU, where you can get news and notifications for. Our, our episodes whenever they drop every day we are very intentional about keeping our twitter feed very very clean so that you can turn our post notifications on to get notified when an episode drops and not have your phone blow up all the time you can also subscribe and follow to our feeds wherever you listen that'll help us get in front of you quicker and it'll also help us get in front of more new listeners who might be searching for god-awful texas tech takes In the meantime, please go ahead and share this podcast with a Red Raider you know who is not yet listening. And we cannot wait to have another member of our audience 
come alongside and want to rip their ears off. Thanks for making Locked On Texas Tech your first listen every day. Now be sure to make your second listen Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you tomorrow.